With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Hey, Mo! It game day! It's game day! It's game day! It's day! What's up, Walkie Talkies gang? Welcome back to Walkie Talkies podcast on the College Athletes Network featured on iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Noah Bono, former five-year college basketball walk-on. Thank you all for joining us today. You're listening to episode 14 of the podcast and part one of two of episode 14. Here with me today is basketball junkie, current walk-on for the University of Memphis men's basketball team, and a true friend of the show, Connor Glennon. I don't want to talk too long here in the intro, but Connor was actually the show's inaugural guest back when I started Walkie Talkies in September of 2000. 21, the literal first interview I had ever done. That episode is no longer available uh, once I signed with iHeart. So this episode is brand new, updated and upgraded conversation that I'm very excited to share with you guys. So I mentioned this is part one of two parts with Connor. Now, brief synopsis of what we talk about in the full episode throughout both parts ranges all the way from Jalen Duren getting drafted, the Imani Bates situation that unraveled during the 2022 season, Coach Hardaway's coaching style and him as a coach in general, the team facing post season suspension from the infractions case against them when recruiting James Wiseman, winning the NIT during the COVID year, earning the respect from NBA legends like Larry Brown, Rasheed Wallace, and again, Coach Hardaway. We also get into Connor's hustle, sending letters and emails just for him to get into Memphis. We talk about his connection with former assistant coach Cody Toppert, who is now at LSU. And we talk about Connor's leadership role, moving into an upperclassman, and just so much more. And, you know, it's 35, 40 strong minutes, two weeks in a row with Connor talking about all of that. And the reason I'm not going to tell you guys which episode will have which stuff exactly because how else will i get you guys to come back next week there's a good blend of all of that stuff in each episode so don't worry i just want everyone to have two rounds of this great conversation instead of all at once in a long 85 minute movie format especially all you diehard memphis fans man you guys are great and there's some real goodies here on the program's future so really again just just too much stuff to jumble all together into 80 straight minutes and as I continue to grow as a podcaster, I want people to feel like they can get through the whole thing and also feel like they want to get through the whole thing. Seeing an 80-minute show versus a 40-minute show is a big difference. It's much less intimidating for the listeners, and I've always been very pro-shorter episodes regardless. 
if the episode catalog that I have doesn't show that. Like I said, I'm still growing as a podcaster and not that that has anything to do with the episode itself, but that's my reasoning for a two-parter, maybe even a three-parter, you never know. But anyway, these two parts really are top tier. Connor is a basketball guru, really has a special basketball mind, especially for the age that he's at and only going into his third year of college basketball he knows a ton about the game and he really has been soaking in high level respectable basketball knowledge since he was you know all the way back into the sixth grade and you'll hear him talk about what those moments were that started so early for him uh just a really fun conversation so let's get right into it with current memphis tigers basketball walk-on connor glennon what's up baby can you hear me yep can you hear me yeah what's good man how you been how you doing Good, bro. All right, let's let this thing rip. Round two. Um, so for those who don't know, you've now done two years in the program under head coach Penny Hardaway, which that alone and him being the head coach makes the team such a high-profile program no matter what. Mm. So in that program, what is your day-to-day role like You know, within this type of high-level program with you being a walk-on? like What is that day-to-day like for you individually? I think the most important thing you could have just said right there is day-to-day because – Day to day, it's different. Some days you got to bring a lot of energy. Some guys, you know, you got to drag guys out of the locker room. Sometimes people need to be pushed on the court. Really just depends. But uh, as, I, as I've gotten older, it's been easier to figure out, easier to see. You kind of, you know, you get a feel for how the week's been going and stuff like that, especially in the summertime. You know, guys are tired, guys are sore. If you're coming up a level, if you're coming down a level or if you're new, whatever the case may be, I've been there. I've been through a lot of the stuff that these guys are going through. So just really just being a voice for guys right now, um, telling them what to expect and, and kind of how things are going to move forward as we, as we progress. Yeah. So, I mean, on top of like, you know, your day-to-day practices and like where you stand on the team, you kind of are stepping into this leadership role because you know, you're going to be an upperclassman. A lot of these dudes that are going to be playing are probably majority freshman, sophomore, aside from you know, probably Kendrick Davis and maybe some returners and other transfers mm-hmm. you got. But for the most part, like, you know, you're going to be right at the top of that, like, leadership role. So is that the main thing for you is kind of just being that vocal leader? Is that what you think you're going to have the most value these next two years, like, within the program? Yeah, this year especially, absolutely. I think um, with so many new guys coming in this year and we're still waiting, we we'll probably have even more new guys uh, coming down the line as we fill out our, our roster. but everyone's new almost everybody's new there's there's so many people it's like it's almost weird because you say things and they're like what are you talking about it's like oh yeah I forgot you know you wouldn't you wouldn't know about that yet but uh yeah so it's it's different because in the past it's been like I've said before it's like just bringing energy and and going hard and being a leader on the court and stuff like that but now a bigger part of it is, is being a leader off the court and really being there for guys and um just trying to help them with what we do, what we're trying to do, you know, the work, the culture we're trying to build, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's it's a little bit different, but I, I like it. It's fun. Uh, it's it's a challenge, but it's good. It's different because, you know, you're going from young guy to old mm-hmm. guy. And now you got to have the same perspective that some of your older guys gave to you and now right. give to the younger dudes because you were like, what, one of how many left on last year's team that ha- that is still there? Like how many guys left? And how many oh, guys are boy. returning from the 2022 season? I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head, but it's basically, it feels like a brand new locker room. It feels, you know, with, with staff included, we've, we've had some staff move on and some new people come in and take over and some people step up and all kinds of things. So it just, it like truly, it feels like a, a new, I don't want to say new place, but it feels like we're, we're moving on, we're moving forward, we're moving up or, or something. And if it's good, it's, it's refreshing. It's, yeah. You know, guys are coming in with high expectations and the guys who are returning are as well. So we're just trying to mesh all that together. And um, it's been it's been really good so far. We're, we're, we're heading in a good direction for sure. That's good. So I want to get a little bit more into the thickness of just straight basketball here. Um, but first, I want you to tell the listeners about your hustle that got your foot in the door at Memphis and how you created this opportunity for yourself to be on this team. Absolutely. I, um, in high school, I, I played for a national championship uh, winning coach. Uh, his name was Bobby Fraser. He played at Carolina with Tyler Hansborough, Danny Green. And um, I played with some great players. And I just, you know, my, my goal in high school is to win and win and win and win. And I, my recruitment fell 
a little shorter than what you dream of as a kid. But, um, you know, my father taught me when I was young that if I wanted to do something, just just figure out a way to do it. There's always a way to do it. So that's what I did. I, I started looking up different ways to do it. I was sending emails. Emails were, were cool. I was emailing every single coach you could even think of, assistant coaches, director of operations, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, the success rate was, <laughs> wasn't very good. It's pretty easy to just blow off an email. So I, I had to think outside the box a little bit. So I started writing these letters um, to schools just on a piece of paper and I was sending them to some coaches and I heard back from one of them. I was like, oh man, this is, this is cool. Like he was like, I like what you're doing. We just don't have roster spots, but keep, keep doing it. Let me know if you need any help. So boom, I, I create my own cards. They got my name, my email, my school references, all this stuff, you know, my GPA, all this stuff. They're pretty cool. And I just started writing to assistant coaches, head coaches all over the place. And, um, this coach, Cody Toppert, I met him years before and he just so happened to be rolling into Memphis as I'm looking for a place to play and I write him a letter and the rest is history. Where did you meet coach Toppert? Um, so coach, that set that up. Coach Top worked for somebody named Gan Baker through Gan Baker basketball. He used to come to Chicago. I'm from Chicago, Chicagoland area. He used to come during the combine every year and train the NBA players and this and this and this and um, my dad was in the training business as well, working with Gannon and kind of just loose ties, you know. And one day my dad was like, this this guy's looking for a gym to to train some people. You want to come rebound for these guys? So I was like, yeah, man, I went rebound for some uh, for some pros. I think it was Terry Rozier, uh, Justin Anderson, um, campaign was there. Um, How old were you? And uh, probably sixth seventh grade maybe I was, oh young I was young, young. Okay. yeah I was, yeah I, I just broke my wrist I was in a cast I remember I'm rebounding throwing these guys lefty passes I'm hoping they don't think these passes are horrible <laughs> but um that was the first time I met him he was working at a prep school down in Florida and then yeah time went by he ended up with the Phoenix Suns and then when he was done with the Phoenix Suns he ended up in Memphis and I you know I wrote him a letter and he helped me from the rest. Maybe you should have wrote him your first couple letters versus like mm -hmm. your 300th letter. Cause well, you, you had your best success chance of someone answering with him, right. I guess. Right. He was like, so like I said, he was, he was with the Phoenix suns. So when I started writing my letters, he was still working in the NBA or at least planning on working in the NBA. And then way down the line, it, it kind of just fell in my lap. I was like, Oh man. Yeah, so you guys definitely built some connection and, and relationship mm -hmm. your last Absolutely. few years. And and we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about your high-level, high-profile coaches. But, you know, the time period of your first year of college basketball was a lot different than most. Like, you came in as a freshman, you know, writing these letters and then, uh, you know, not recruited the way you had dreamed of. Um, you know, some of us can relate to that pain <laughs> and, you know, how to deal with that. But you came in during a pandemic and then, you know, you guys go on and win the NIT championship this year, which I was just telling you, I had no, no clue you guys <laughs> even did that, which is great. And I mean, you got to be a part of that. So what, you know, just about what you remember about entering, you know, that first year of college basketball, that journey, what you've taken away from just that one year into, you know, your second year that you'll continue carrying with you as yeah. you finish this out. Yeah, man, it was the whole, the whole everything was weird. It was the way the season shut down. I was nervous. Like, you know, I had just gotten in connection with these people. Like, am I even gonna be allowed to come? Like, is something going to change? I'm, I was paranoid. I remember I was in Michigan. Um, we were up at the lake. I was at my girlfriend's lake house and I got a text. Hey, you got a report Saturday. And it was, it was like Wednesday. I was like, are you kidding? Like I have four days. I got to be down <laughs> <laughs> from the jump it was just it was crazy like I, I got down there immediately got COVID uh, I don't know if that's a bad thing to say now but like it just happened and I remember I was in quarantine and it set us back so we were all down there and we had to go through every precaution like yeah right, we're like, in we're in 2020 right now just so people know we're back yeah, oh, in yeah, like yeah. the heart of the pandemic but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. and um so we're we're fighting just to get back on the court you know like I think they brought us and maybe football or volleyball or some one other sports team. And um, we were allowed to start. They were like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. We had all these rules, all this. 
you know, you got to enter this way and leave the building through this door and uh, get tested every day and all this stuff. So we, it, I mean, we were there for a month before we even stepped foot on the court. Probably. I think today about this time last year or two years ago was probably when we officially started. And it was just, I remember it was like stations of like one-on-one. It was just like this kind of like false sense of like what, what it really was. I was like, man, this is, this doesn't feel like what I kind of thought it would be, but um, we started to slowly ramp it up, ramp it up, ramp it up. And, um, you know, I, I knew coming in um, that I, I had my work cut out for me and my mindset kind of going in was just baptism by fire. I was just going to throw myself out there and fail hard, fail often until I figured it out. And, um, yeah. you know, I wasn't afraid of, of the work or anything like that. I knew it was going to take time. I didn't have any crazy expectations for my first year. I just kind of want to soak it all in. And we uh, playing in front of crowds with no fans and playing on the road and all this stuff was new to me. And it just, it, for some reason it felt, it was like, is this, is this how it is? Like, it just doesn't fully feel like, you know, what you, what you think it would. And then mm-hmm. we go and we, you know, we felt like we, we made a good running to, to make the tournament late in the year. We had a late, a late opportunity. Uh, we lost to Houston on a half court buzzer beater and that kind of put us out. So, you know, after that, we were like, man, you know, this is it. We got to win the conference tournament. We didn't win the conference tournament. Um, and we, we genuinely, we thought our season was over. Like on the way home, we were like, man, that's it. That, that, that happened so fast. That's it. Blah, blah, blah. And then maybe two days later, we got a text like, hey, we're playing in the NIT. Let's, you know, we got practice today. And we we're like, oh, my God. Like we forgot about the NIT. Like we still have a chance to play. And most of the guys were like, let's do it. Like we got a chance to win a champion. It's a short pool. It's man, yeah. these teams, we, we felt like we, we felt like we could have won the real tournament. So we had no worries going into the tournament of the NIT tournament. And man, we, we dominated in that tournament. And um, when we won, like as all year is like, you know, there was limited fans in there. It was, so it just didn't fully feel like, we just won a championship. It was like a weird feeling. Like you wanted to be, yeah. you know, you wanted to have like that crowd interaction and fans and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think once we got back into the locker room, it kind of hit us. We had this big cooler of, uh, um, it, was, it started with just water and we started dumping Gatorade in there. And um, a couple of kids had like Mountain Dews or something crazy. They played Mountain Dew in there. When coach came in, we dumped it on him and all that kind of. So we once it once it got to that point, I, I it, it felt pretty authentic. And then I remember we flew home and all the fans were at the airport when we landed and all that stuff. So it started to feel pretty real after that. And then, man, I remember we got home less than twenty four hours later. I was in the gym and more people were in the gym. And we're like, man, it it's we're just not satisfied. Like we want more. Like that felt great, but that's not what we were looking for. Like we just, we want to take it to that next level. Right. You know, you, you said you kind of to rewind a little, like, you know, threw yourself in, like it was like baptism by fire mm-hmm. and you know, you, you go on this whole journey, your freshman year of college. Um, so everything that happened in that freshman year was like such a learning curve, such an adjustment period for you. And at some point it started to click for you just like it does for every freshman. Um, but I think it's interesting because, you know, you, you, you have that freshman year and I, I feel terrible for every freshman that was a freshman that year. I mean, yeah, we like, everybody got that year of eligibility back, but like, dude, like, like you were saying, like, is this really what it was like? Like you guys got the weirdest taste mm-hmm. of college basketball, like the station work. Like that's so funny. Cause we were doing, you know, I was my first year at Duquesne that same year and we we're doing the same stuff and we're practicing in like groups of three groups of five, like groups of two or like individual stuff. And it's like, this is so awkward. Like, when do you get to build the camaraderie and like to get in that team environment? Okay, quick break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, Connor's going to get into the details on what it's really like to be around and to be coached by former NBA legends. It's coming right up. We'll be right back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. And we're back here on part one of episode 14 on Walkie Talkie's podcast. Let's bring back in our guest Memphis basketball player, Connor Glennon. Yeah, so obviously you got to a certain point where COVID was what it was. You had to accept it. And then for your own personal adjustment period, like throughout that year, like how did you navigate, you know, you're around those NBA legends. You're around Penny Hardaway, Larry Brown, Rasheed Wallace, Cody Toppert, who played professionally, had a lot of experience with you know, NBA guys, um, like how did you navigate being around those coaches and staying calm and like kind of trusting your ability to show that you're not a scrub that you maybe that you do belong there and, you know, ultimately earn their respect as well as your teammates, but more so your coaches, because like, you know, you, you, you said it, you threw baptism by fire, you threw yourself out there, you were okay with failure, but there's always a certain point of like, how uncomfortable you are and it's affecting your ability every day on the court. So like, what was your balance with that? Like, how did you navigate mm-hmm. being around those high profile coaches and just, obviously they've been around all the players they've been around, you know, like that they've played with or that they've coached and now they're coaching you. And it's like, well, look at me, like, what? how do I open their eyes? Their eyes have been opened yeah. by Allen Iverson, by Shaquille O'Neal, like all their great teammates. And you know what mm-hmm. I mean? How did you do that? How did that work for you that first year? Um, I think I came in and like you said, I, I forgot to mention when I came in the lock, like we weren't even allowed to our lockers yet. Like we had chairs spread out throughout the locker room. So like, yeah, I knew nobody. I didn't know. Like I hadn't even met a single player yet. And they got us spread out in the locker room. Like we're not even talking. We're coming in early in the morning, getting out quick, like all this stuff. So it's like, it took me a while to kind of just get over the hump. And it was like, mentally coming in I was like like I belong here like I I know I do like I know so much about the game I just you know I know how to lead I know people I know how to do all these things it was the physical part it was like okay I need to get stronger I need to get a little bit bigger I need to you know I need to move faster I need to you know the game picks up a little bit so that stuff was like okay it's gonna take time just chip away at it chip away at it don't don't worry you know you're gonna go out there you're gonna do some great things you're gonna do some horrible things just find small victories just find small wins and just keep going stack them on top of each other keep building keep building keep building and just find your your niche like that year 
there, I, I kind of picked up like the gyms were quiet. They were so empty. They were just silent. Like my voice, I've never been afraid. My dad used to tell uh, our teams when we were second grade that the gym is the loudest classroom in the school. Like we used to practice at the, at the local schools. This is the loudest classroom. Don't be scared of your own voice. And so I was just loud out and practice every day I was loud and, and you know at home games I was loud I was start, starting starting a chance on the bench trying to get you know if we did have fans trying to get the little fans we had involved um just being vocal being extremely vocal talking on defense is something like this year I, I was like okay I can't really you know I can't say hey screen left screen right you know pick come in box out shot all that kind of stuff you can't say it because it's a loud gym you know we're on the road playing against somebody um, but that first year I could, you know, if someone was going for a backdoor lob and I saw it coming, I saw, you know, we watched the film and I see, I pick up on it, I call out the play, all that kind of stuff. So I picked up on some, some little things. Like I said, it was just the small victories for me. Like that meant the world to me that I could, I felt like I could help have an impact on the game from, from the last seat on the bench, just because the arena was empty and I could use my voice. Um, so I, man, my teammates will probably tell you, I took, full ownership of that. I'd probably talk too much. I'm too loud. They tell me to be quiet. Someone would say like, man, if, if Connor was yelling at me, like, I, I know I was, you know, I know I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I was doing something bad. So that was cool for, for my first year. And then, um, like I said, with the, with the physical part, it was just, I'm around these, these great players. These great, like you have no choice, but to get better. You have no choice. You just show up and do the work and that's it, like you're going to improve. And then if you show up, you do the work and you do more and you do it a little bit harder and you, you take the next step and the next step and the next step and you um, ask questions, you ask the right questions um, and you just got to get over yourself. Like you're not, you got to understand you're just, you're not perfect. You're not going to make every shot. You're not going to make every read. Like we're doing stuff pretty simple and I'm, I'm, I'm messing it up. And it's like, Oh man, at first I'm there. I'm like, my head's going crazy. I'm, I'm moving too fast. I got to slow down. And, you know, by the end of the year, I was like, man, I know all the reads. I know the rotations. I know just do it. Like, I know it. Yeah. I know, I know it. I can, I can translate. I just gotta, I just gotta do it. So that next summer, it was all about just, just doing it. Like I know it all. I feel like I know, I know all these things that we're looking for, the principles, the rotations, all this, all the stuff. I just got to go do it. So last year for me was was just about trying to do it. Just do it right. Do it right. Do it right. See how many times I can do right before I do it wrong. And as a walk-on, you get so many reps and it's limited, but just small victories. You know, if I do a whole week without, you know, messing up a defense rotation or if I crack back every single time I'm supposed to in shell drill. Like those are small victories that I just start stacking on top of each other and it builds your confidence. And then you feel like you can communicate with your teammates and they see you doing stuff right. And it's like, okay, well, he knows what he's talking about a little bit. You know, they can kind of listen to you a little bit more. Right. Yeah. It takes some time for you to get to that point mentally, but then also to be able to express it, you mm -hmm. know, vocally that your teammates also are locked into the fact that like, Oh, Connor does Connor might understand this more than I understand this. Mm -hmm. Like, and then boom, like, because it was very similar for me, like the vocalness that I had that you're speaking about, very similar. And I think that that was where I like earned a lot of my stripes was like, you know, sometimes I couldn't maybe get on the court and physically do it just because, like you said, the, the reps are limited and, and you know, sometimes it just didn't work out. But nine times out of 10, like I could see it and then explain it to someone. I might get on the court mm -hmm. and mess it up, but like I could definitely <laughs> I could definitely explain it to you. Like, you know, just like all of our minds work a little bit differently. but. Right. You know, so you said something about the physical, the physicality part of it that you needed to like kind of upgrade and really, you know, build your strength. So let's do two quick things. That first year, you probably, you know, I'm just going to assume because it was the same for me and it was probably like this for everybody, but you probably had more embarrassing moments that in your head made you feel like shit than you did good moments in the beginning. So hit me with the most embarrassing thing that happened on the court in practice that you did, you know, maybe someone pins you to the glass or they, yeah, whatever it is, just what, quick embarrassing thing. And then a quick turnaround for your, your best thing that you were like, all right, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I think it would be, I'm going to flip that. So the fir our, our first official practice, so we had workouts and we were doing all, you know, whatever you're allowed to do. I don't even remember at the time. And our first official practice, you know, we're allowed to get up and down, play five on five. We didn't have, I remember we didn't have a ton of, I think we maybe had 12 or 13 guys that year. And we had maybe two guys hurt, so that leaves 11. So we're getting up and down. 
one kid gets hurt. Okay, now I'm 10th, right? I got to play whatever is left on the scoreboard. Like, this is all we have. Like, I, not, we're going to finish this out. So whatever team we were playing against, they just doubled off me and tried to make the ball find me and rotate to me. And I was just like, I, I got to shoot these. That's no problem to me. Made probably three or four of my five, you know, 20 minute game, whatever it was. And I was on top of the world there, you know, my first, first fish to practice, I, you know, it was like this click in my mind, like, okay, I can do that. And I can do this every day. You know, oh man, like you get all these crazy thoughts running through your head. And then, you know, the next practice, just maybe the polar opposite, same kind of thing, same. And now it's like, okay, he made these shots yesterday. Let's, let's speed him up. Let's put some pressure on him. Let's, you know, put him in the post, see if he can guard in the post. So I'm trying to front the post, you know, I got Lester Quinones, he's six, seven, wherever he is, heavy guard, trying to post me up and back me down. And, you know, like I said, you know, I, I got to switch screens, you know, I'm trying to rotate, I'm trying to get out and people are yelling and screaming and I'm just trying to figure it out on the fly. Cause I don't, I, I don't know enough yet to, to keep myself out of those situations. And it was just so much at once. I don't know that I actually, you know, like you said, you just, you take these little mess ups and they blow up in your head and you think it's the end of the world. I don't know that I, I really did so horribly, but in my head, I was like, man, that that's, that was embarrassing. Like every single possession I was getting hunted. Like, I don't know if you saw that clip of Duncan Robinson saying LeBron, like pointing at him, calling him up into ball screens. Cause they want, man, I felt the same way. They were just going at me and they were talking to me too. <laughs> but um, so it was a quick 180. I, you know, I felt like I was on top of the world that first day played really well. I played hard. I mean, I, I, I just played hard, but I was like, man, there's there, there's going to be some time before I can really, 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 really compete with these guys. And, and I kind of just accepted that in my head that day. And moving forward, I just, you know, I chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's so funny because like, obviously I did the walk-on thing too. And, you know, countless, countless times of playing pickup or getting in on five on five. And you have like, you know, you, you're, you're shorter than me, but have a little bit more size. I'm taller, but I'm skinny. So mm -hmm. it's like both of us, could be looked at by like a two two guard or a three guard, even some point yeah. guards as a mismatch. And it, the funniest thing to me is that like most walk-ons I know, like they always have to go through that ringer in the post where guys, mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I'm going to just take advantage of this guy down low, like make oh, him be down here. And it's like, it's so funny because sometimes like, you know, more often than that, they, they probably do have the upper, the upper hand, but like there's a there's a good handful of times throughout at least my time, like where I got the upper hand because you figure it out. You're like, I'm not going to mm -hmm. get scored on down here. I'm going to be physical as fuck. And mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to foul you, but maybe I will foul you a little bit because they they'll foul oh, yeah. you. They don't care about yeah, fouling yeah, yeah. you. So why should I care? But um, I think that's the funniest thing. All right, walkie talkies gang last break. When we come back, Connor may or may not be talking about the criticism coach Hardaway faces. He might talk about Jalen Duran getting drafted, the Imani Bates situation and earning the respect from his NBA coaches. I don't know which one it's going to be, but you'll have to stick around to find out. We'll be right back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back here in the home stretch of part one of episode 14 on Walkie Talkie's podcast. And if you're enjoying this episode, please leave us a review towards the bottom of the show page on Apple Podcasts or towards the top of the page on the show page on Spotify. And make sure you are subscribed and downloaded to the show so you don't miss part two next week. Otherwise, what the heck are you doing listening to part one? Now let's bring back in Memphis basketball player Connor Glennon. You know, I mentioned some of your coaches earlier and, um, you know, just some of the people that they've been around that they've coached. Obviously, Larry Brown coached Allen Iverson with the Sixers and you know, Penny played with Shaq and Rasheed Wallace was on the 04 Pistons championship team. So, you know, what has your relationship become like with all of them through your vocalness? You know, obviously you're not a quiet guy and and that means that you, you're actively probably built these relationships and a good rapport with a lot of these big time names, like, you know, right. really respected people in the basketball world. So what has your relationships become like with them? And if any stand out individually, I know individually, I know you had the you know, we touched on it briefly before with coach Cody Toppert, uh, who did mm-hmm. recently leave for LSU, but he coached with, you know, the Suns. worked with Devin Booker the year he averaged mm-hmm. most points of his career, 26 a game. I think it was in, uh, 2019. So mm-hmm. just touch on some of those relationships, how you've built, you know, a good rapport with, you know, highly respected people that now respect the hell out of you. Yeah. It's, um, I think just being so, um, having this, this understanding by yourself that you just, you don't know as much as they do. They've been around longer. They've been around everything they know, you know, coach Brown, I would say knows close to as everything as anybody's ever going to know in the game of basketball um, currently today, just because of how long he's been around the game. He's seen it change and change and change. And he's seen what works throughout time. And you know, people be, you know, coach top was in the NBA coaching for a while. Coach Hardaway was one of the best players ever. Um, coach Wallace won a championship as a player. Like there's everyone had their own niche. And it was like, I just had like this level of respect that like, I just, I don't know, like I can't physically know what they know. So anything they have to say is like, it's like, you know, coming in a, in a glass bottle and, you know, it's like the most important thing I'm going to learn today. I used to write down things that they would say, like, oh, Coach Coach uh, Hardaway said this today. I like that a lot. You know, he said this. Um, you know, Coach Brown said this today. This was, this was really good. I like this a lot. And it was like, like this comment. The more I started to look at it, it's just like, man, I've been hearing these things my, my whole life. Like, it's nothing crazy. It's just these simple things. But it's like just the basketball truths, if you will, like every great coach, you know, will say these things in some way or, you know, they might have their own spin on it, but it's all the same message. They're all preaching the same thing. And I've, like I said, I've heard it my, you know, being a young kid hearing these things and then going to high school, he, my high school coach was teaching me the stuff that, you know, Roy Williams was teaching him. And at the time I just thought it was, you know, whatever. And then I got to college and I'm hearing the same things. I'm like, like, wow, like this is basketball is, you know, there's like this center in basketball and everything kind of revolves around this and everybody branches their own way and, and has their own spin. And, you know, we want to shoot threes or no, we're going to play in the low post or man, we're going to be a defensive team, but just having this, this prior knowledge and understanding of, of, you know, what great basketball is and how to play the game the right way. I think, that resonates with people and they're like, Oh man, we need, we need people to play like this. We need people to enjoy it and work and, you know, have the passion that he does. And 
that just kind of builds a relationship. You know, you have like a mutual respect um, and just being coachable. And, you know, Coach Brown used to, used to, uh, he used to just, say these things and I, it would feel like he's just saying them because he's got to say them and he doesn't know who to say them to. So I told him, you know, you could always say it to me, like, I'm always going to listen. I'm always going to do um, whatever it is that, you, you know, you can tell me to do anything. I'm going to listen. So just doing, you know, being coachable and taking this information and trying to spread it and, and share it with teammates and get them to understand it the way that you understand it. I think that's, what kind of catapults any relationship that you could have with a coach and then you know they see that and they ask you questions like do you want to be a coach someday do you want to you know what I mean and it's like you know I, I don't know what I want to do but man I'm open to anything and I'm I'm keeping notes I'm doing all this stuff just because like this this information is gold yeah I mean you, you do have like a, a a great mentality for walk-on not many have and to have that kind of self-awareness right away you know as an 18 19 year old of like I do not know as much as these guys know, like it's literally impossible. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause man, there you've been around it. I'm sure you've seen it. There's a ton of dudes who think the complete opposite, you know, <laughs> and, and will you know, show that and act like they do know more. And, uh, you know, that's unfortunate because you only cheat yourself when, when you lack that type of self-awareness, like how could you be in a gym with mm -hmm. that many great basketball minds and not want to do exactly what you do. I would have been taking just as many notes as you, man. I would have like, I would have had a pen, in my you know compression pants and just scribbled on my arm <laughs> or something like you know my memory is dog shit but <laughs> just in case so you know you're around all these guys i mentioned you know some of the people that they have been around and and they're all former nba guys you know like every one of them has had their own experiences and connections within that nba world so you know they bring that into the Memphis basketball gym and they, they do it to you current players. They bring those experiences and those moments and the things that they've learned and the things that they have had success with and they pour it out onto you guys. So, you know, how valuable is that and how apparent is some of that, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis for you guys? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's gold. Like I said, like just the information, like it's something that people, people would pay just to hear certain things, you know what I mean? Like you'll go sit down at a, at a coach's clinic just to hear, um, you know, someone like coach Hardaway or coach top or coach Brown or whoever, you know, just talk about what they know about the game, right? People do that. I, you know, coaches clinics happen all the time. Like you just go and you sit and you listen. So to, for me, it was like, man, I was in class every day. But it was it was a class that I love, you know, I was I was engaged, you know, the best I mean? class I had, ever. <laughs> exactly. And um, so that's that's how I looked at it. I was like, I'm, I'm learning every day. I'm growing every day. I'm getting better every day. And I'm doing it around the like the best. Like yeah. there's no I don't know that you can, you know, everyone's like I said, everyone's got their own spin on things. But man, I just I truly felt like this is the best like source of knowledge like all of this combined right here and i'm just it's just hitting me every day like so for that alone is is one thing and then being able to you know share that with your teammates and um my teammates as well you know they especially the, um the past two years man i had some, some very accoladed teammates some some big time high school prospects stuff like that i wasn't you know i didn't i i they know more about that than i do you know, I mean, they're always talking about, you know, playing on the circuit and all this stuff. And I didn't play on the circuit. Retweet. So they have, <laughs> they have like this, this knowledge about people in the game that I don't have. So even them just listening to them and just being a sponge to everything and everyone, especially that first year, man, I just soaked everything in that I could yeah. and, and just tried to learn as much as possible. It's going to pay off for you too, man. I mean, I know the last time, you know, past conversations we've had, you've mentioned coaching. And then, like you just said before, it might be something you're interested in. You're open to a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. Something I do want to hit back on that you said, you know, or well, I, I brought it up about, about your coaches and like how valuable their knowledge is and stuff like that. And I think that's something the listeners are probably wondering is like, okay, well then why don't you guys win more? What is this like stigma mm -hmm. about Penny Hardaway? Like he's not really that good of a coach. And obviously he's one of the best to ever play. 
but there is a lot of that criticism about him as a coach and not, you know, I've heard so many people say a million different things. Oh, he's not good with player development. Oh, he's not an X and O's guys. Oh, he doesn't recruit well, or uh, even though that's probably the best thing he does, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> and, you know, you being someone that is in those locker rooms and, you know, I've, I, I kind of do like to look at you as like a young coach, like you, you, your high school coach was coached by Roy Williams and you were, you have had amazing basketball knowledge just poured into you since a very young age and so like you know you're very advanced and knowledgeable about the game than probably most people uh in your position i know that i had nowhere near as much confidence in my knowledge of the game of basketball at your age that you currently have like they're, they're, it's night and day so to, to hear you speak about it and i i can see exactly where it comes from so take that young coaching mind that you have mm -hmm. and you know what do you think about that stuff about coach hardaway as a coach, what do you see about him as a coach that gets maybe misconstrued to the public? Because not everyone else gets to see what you mm -hmm. see in that locker room, in the practice, in the huddles firsthand. Like what, what mm -hmm. is from your young coach mind, that perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the biggest thing is, like I said, th there's just so much information to be learned when you're trying to learn a million things at once. Sometimes it's difficult. You know, you, you might remember this, you might remember this but trying to learn everything at once. So like these kids come up and they, they didn't, you know, like I said, I've been hearing a lot of these things since I was a kid, since I was little playing basketball. I don't know that everybody has. So this is the first time they're hearing certain things like simple concepts, simple tech, whatever it is. So it's hitting them, you know, yeah, they're, they have all the talent and athleticism and ability in the world, but the mental side is it's a whole another ball game for them. So when you got all these, all these people pouring their heart out and pouring all this information into you, it can be overwhelming, it can be stressful, it can be a lot. And to do it every day and trying, you're trying to be perfect. Every, if you're at this level, you are a perfectionist to some sort. Like you want to do everything perfect. You want to do it right every single time. Nobody goes out there and tries to, you know, have miss a rotation or miss a blockout or, you know, we're, we're supposed to be doing this on the scouting report and you don't do it. Nobody wants to do that. But the pressure to do it right can be a lot for people. So what I would say is coach knows so much about the game. All of our coaches do, and they try and share everything with us. They try and, you know, they want us to be great, but above all, they just want us to play hard. You know, they, t they tell us all the time, if you just play harder than the other team, you know, coach Brown used to say, if you just play harder than them nine times out of 10, you're going to win. If you're the more aggressive team, if you're the more physical team, if you're all these things, you're just going to win. So it's like, okay, so let's just, let's just, you know, forget about this and let's just play hard and you're trying to figure it. And we got a lot of young guys. Um, but most importantly, I think it's just the guys got to kind of come together. And, you know, like when we, my first year, when we, we struggled a little bit and then we kind of, we kind of found our niche. We, it was defense. Like this is our identity and we ran with it. And that's what led us to winning an NIT championship and from then on, coach has been so, so disciplined defense, like so meticulous about defense. That is now our identity. Like we're, we're going to be one of the best defensive teams in the country every year, no matter what, like offense, whatever, we'll figure it out year, year to year. We're going to be the best defensive team in the country. And in order to do that, you have to really, really, really have guys who are willing to just sacrifice themselves and lock, lock into our principles and, yeah, buy um, into the program, report. right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, okay, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I do no, want no, you to no. I want you to hit more on, you know, just that that stigma of Penny Hardaway. Like, uh -huh. like you you are in that huddle and and you see shit way differently than other mm -hmm. people see that, you know, formulate these opinions with their own basketball minds and their own spins on the mm -hmm. game that maybe he's doing some of these things wrong. But as a player for his team, you know, what are they wrong about? Like you get the ins and the outs. Like he's obviously not a bad coach. I, I would be damned if any conversation I had, I don't even know the guy, but if I let someone say like Penny Hardaway mm -hmm. was a bad coach, there's, there's no right. way like, yeah, there's people like, you know, different spins. Maybe they have different uh, approaches and taxes, but we, mm -hmm. we just, we've been talking about this NIT championship, like three, four times. Like he helped you guys win a championship. He led that mm -hmm. group. Like he took you guys to the tournament, won a tournament game. Like, He's only been at the helm for what three, four years. Tops? That's what I was gonna say. So it's like go into that about him 
as a coach and what you see that we don't right. see. Okay, I know you all want the answer to that. I'm sorry to leave it here, but this was genuinely dead smack in the middle of the episode. So we're going to pause it right here. And, and I know, guys, I know you're mad, which I'd be mad too, man. I teased a bunch of stuff, but it really had to be done this way. You know, those 80-minute episodes at this stage of the show, just they're not good business. And this is good for me, and it's good for you guys. Trust me. And if you want to yell at me and come to Twitter, find me at WTZ Podcast or Snow.3, my personal page. Tell me about it. And maybe if I get enough of you, I'll release part two a few days sooner just for you guys you diehard fans at memphis so but for now part two is coming next week make sure you are subscribed to the podcast to get notified when the episode drops to hear the rest of this fantastic conversation where connor really goes into coach hardaway's coaching style and all of the details about the Amani Bates situation the current infractions case against the program and about Jalen Duran getting drafted 40 more minutes of juice coming your way next week if you are subscribed you will be notified so please go ahead and do that and I appreciate everyone who tuned in and enjoyed this episode make sure you are downloading and leaving the show a review it does truly mean a lot if you can do those things so thank you again and we'll see you guys back here next week for part two peace Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.